Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Booked, the Hidden Gems author podcast, in which Craig Touch and myself, Roland Hume, get to chat to some of the most interesting figures and leading lights in this crazy industry we're in of writing and self-publishing. Today, we are delighted to have an awesome guest with us. It's Kayoko, who is a USA Today best-selling author. We've got two series to discuss here and then she's also uh, an author with the Black Panther collection of Tales of Wakanda which was published by Marvel. I'm really stoked to to talk to you and she's here to talk to us about um, how to market your books and all sorts of different and interesting ways I think people are going to find super valuable. So thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I am very well, thank you. And of course, we wouldn't be here without the man himself, Craig Touch, the owner and founder of Hidden Gems and an author himself. How are you doing today, Craig? Doing great. Thanks, Roland. And thank you for joining us, Kyoko. Um, we, you know, we, you had contacted me about discussing this topic, and I really like it because it's uh, the idea of, you know, um, not just a book launching and ideas for, for book launching for self-published authors, indie authors, uh, but also the idea of, you know, sort of cost-effective ways of doing it, um, ways that, you know, aren't going to break the bank, especially for uh, authors that are new where, you know, you've only published, maybe it's your first book, right? And you don't really have a big budget uh, or, or maybe it's not your first book, but, you know, you still don't have a big budget, right? Because maybe you need all that money to live on. So, <laughs> you know, there are ways, of course, to market expensively and break the bank, but there's also ways to do it effectively without breaking the bank. And um, I'm glad that we're covering this so uh, so that everybody can sort of get an idea. Because even if you, you know, are a really successful author, you know, doesn't mean you need to spend more money than you have to, right? So, <laughs> so this is good for everybody. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your writing and, and how this all, you know, you became, you know, knowledgeable on this sort of topic. Absolutely. So um, I have two different series. The first one, my debut series is an urban fantasy series, uh, a little paranormal romance as well. And that's called the Black Parade series. And my other series that's currently ongoing is a science fiction series that's about uh, catching dragons in modern day uh, America. Um, As far as like you mentioned before, I wrote a short story for Marvel Comics published with Titan Books called uh, Black Panther Tales of Wakanda. My story is called Ukubamba. It is about a courier rescuing a young girl who was kidnapped and is trying to be, the bad guys are trying to sell her into human trafficking. So it's very important that a courier retrieves the girl as soon as possible before she gets out of, uh, outside of the country that they're in. As far as knowledgeable, <laughs> so I kind of started this as, so I, I went the traditional route at first. Um, this was back in like 2009 or something, 2010 maybe. And um, I sent out query letters to different agents for about two years and I didn't hear anything um, that positive about it. And so my dad was like, well, you know, self-publishing is starting to rise a little bit. Why don't you look into that? I was like, oh, okay, I have nothing to lose. Uh, And so I did research for maybe about another two years and I published the Black Parade in 2013. And from there, a lot of what I've learned and absorbed um, comes from different places, but a lot of it was centered on, there's a place called kboards.com and there's a forum called the Writer's Cafe. The Writer's Cafe is absolutely indispensable. Um, pretty much anything you can think of that is related to writing and publishing and, and any of the needs that are surrounding that industry, I was able to find there. And from that, I just kind of started to slowly learn more and more of things that are more effective for selling books. Uh, and so that's kind of like a, a general background for me. The Writers Cafe is like a an online forum, right? Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so then when you started, uh, and you know, we we started well back way back then as well, sort of in the 2013 range, I think was when I was uh, first starting to publish, self-publish yeah. myself. Same with Roland, yeah. And and we started in, uh, if like we started learning all the stuff from an online group as well, not that one, but, you know, it was a sort of a private Reddit group. Um, but, uh, you know, back in the day, things were really different, right? You know, it was <laughs> it was much easier to launch a book. You almost didn't really need to do marketing. I, I remember for my first books, we never did any marketing, uh, you know, and then eventually it was just like, you know, throw a hundred bucks at Facebook and all of a sudden you were number one, right? Now it's like $10,000 and you're uh, number 500. Yeah, you got number 5% margin. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, what is, so how did you start your marketing, you know, journey uh, back then and, and how has it evolved since then? So the first thing that I was told, so at first I, I wasn't sure what to do. I had just had the book and it was published and I was like, well, I don't really know how to sell copies other than like running around and telling people I have a book. And one of the first suggestions that I got from a seasoned author was, okay, well, since you only have the one book, is there something else that you can write to use for marketing purposes? And I was like, oh, okay, actually, um, after I had finished writing this one, I knew I was going to write a trilogy. I was in the middle of writing the second one, but it wasn't finished yet. And I was like, oh, well, I had been just doing these little short stories related to that first book that were just fun. Um, and they had a lot of romantic teasing between the, the main couple in that book. And she suggested that I take that and use it to market. So essentially, I had the one book by itself. I probably priced it at like 99 or 299 something to that effect. But I took that other one and I wrote a short story collection that was basically just a, a, an interlude, a romantic interlude for the two main characters. And it's something that you could pick up with not having read the first book. Um, it's very easy to get into it because all of them are little isolated stories that are related to the seven deadly sins. And so I took that and I would put it on, I think it was in Kindle Unlimited and it's still there now. And I would just price it for free and then book different promos that were effective enough to get enough copies out the door that people would pick that up, read and go, oh, that was pretty good. I actually want to read the book that it was that precedes it. And so they would go and buy that one. Um, and so that was how that worked at the very beginning. Um, I did that um, until I finished that series, which is a five book series. As far as now, it's obviously much harder <laughs> to get your stuff out and to get effective promos just because the sheer volume. Everybody, you know, by now has learned how to self-publish if they want to. So a lot of it comes from different places. Um, typically, what I can do is kind of just get walk you through a book launch of mine to kind of sure. give everybody an idea, and then we can go into finer points. So if I know I have a book, like I have one that I'm planning to publish in late July. Um, so I start typically with uh, a blog tour. Um, usually it's a cover reveal, but you can also do a, a different type. They have different ones. And so the blog tours, I usually will do one that's about a full week. And so a blog tour, if no one's heard of that before, is where you, some someone books different blogs that are related to whatever subject matter you have. So mine is science fiction. So all of the blogs that will sign up for that would be ones that are going to post about my book to readers who like science fiction. And so that's what happens during the week. Each day, several different blogs will post about the book. They usually do an excerpt, they'll do the cover, they'll do the title, and then sometimes they'll um, post the other books in that series preceding it so that you know, you know you're caught up. And I do that right at the beginning to kind of get a lot of buzz going so people know that it's coming. 
after that, uh, a lot of the times, I used to do book launch events. I don't do them anymore. I don't think that I have enough physical presence. I think, so I, I live in Georgia. Um, I live in South of the city. So I've never really tried to do a local one because I was like, no, I don't think really that many people would be terribly interested. Because like I said, everybody can publish a book now. So what makes me special? So I don't really do those. I've done a couple of virtual ones and that kind of depends on the time of year. It depends on a lot of different factors if you can draw people in. But for the most part, I, I stopped doing them a couple of years ago because I felt like it, it's enough that people have pre-ordered it. And I don't really need that. But I know they can certainly be successful um, given what people like to put into them. Um, a lot of the times I'll do a Goodreads giveaway. Um, Goodreads now has two of them, so you can do an ebook or you can do a paperback. But I've noticed people are really, really interested in having a free paperback, so I like to do that one. Um, it can get you in front of a lot of people very quickly. I think my last one was crazy. Now, I, I'm sure there are records that are held, but mine was something like 2,500 people entered to get the book. Uh, I know. How many, I, how many copies do you give away? I just do the one because I think no. that psychologically people are like, oh my God, I want to be the one. Like if you put yeah. five, you can put as many as you want. They, it's right, unlimited, right. I'm pretty sure. But I think they see that one and they really want it. They just like, oh man, I want to be the one to get it. And so yeah, it's, it's <laughs> fear of missing out. Exactly. So I think that that works really well for me. I could probably do up to five or more if I wanted to, but I just stick with that. Um, but I found that that one's a really good, uh, a really good way to get in front of people. Now it is a little bit pricey. I think it was either 119 or 130, uh, 130, I'm sorry. And, um, but like to me, I thought it was worth it just because it, it gets people's, it gets, because when you enter a Goodreads giveaway, it automatically puts it on that person's to be read uh, shelf. Now they can take it off there if they feel like it, but most of the people don't do that. I was going to say 90% of them don't take it off there after they've already entered. So you also have this chance of kind of a backlog situation. The person might not win the contest, but they might come back one day while they're looking for books and go, oh yeah, I forgot about this one. And then, you know, they click your book and they go. So to me, it, it's an investment, but I think it's usually worth it. Uh, I do have a mailing list. Um, as far as my mailing list goes, I started it probably a couple years after my first book. And then I like to go to cons. I don't go to a ton, but I just go to the ones that are in Georgia that are relevant. Uh, so like Jordan Con, Multiverse Con. Um, I had an opportunity to go to Dragon Con, but didn't because I just don't feel comfortable being around 100,000 people in the pandemic. Just sorry. So, <laughs> uh, but that's, that's what I do. Yes, at the at the table, there's always a little sign up sheet and you can get a free ebook from me if you sign up for that. So I do that. And mailing list can... It goes up and down with effectiveness, but I like it just because it really does keep me in the know for the people that are very, very devoted to my writing. So even if they don't always click on things, but they they do open the emails and there are reading them. So I, I'm a big proponent for mailing lists, but it's very important to use them responsibly because a lot of authors think that they can just swap their list with someone else's without that person's permission. And that's not, that's not okay. It's not permitted. You should not be doing that. So um I, I just keep to mind. I'll just send them maybe once a month or so. Um, so they're updated on the different things that I'm doing. After that, uh, as far as one question I get a whole lot is how to generate reviews. And so the mailing list is very good for that. Typically, I'll ask uh, the people that are on it, hey, would you like a free copy of the book in exchange for a review? And typically, um, I'll get, you know, maybe about 10 people. 
uh, are interested in doing that. And so they'll get the book and they'll read it and post a review. So right out of the gate, I have a couple, you know, up on Amazon. And I've found you just have to be uh, you just have to be careful on that because uh, you know Amazon rules and if mm-hmm. they're you know if if Amazon thinks that they were given the book in exchange for a review specifically that's against their rules right so it has to be you know you gave them a book and they voluntarily decided to review it right it's yeah, a, this is fine distinction right and mm-hmm. so sometimes somebody will write in their uh, in their review something like uh, you know I got this book in exchange for review and then a lot of times that'll get blocked by Amazon and uh, you know so it's you just have to be very careful about that and make sure that everyone understands it's voluntary and Amazon understands it's voluntary but yeah definitely uh, you know it can it can be a good source for sure yes when you so, so when you were saying you go to the cons you're going so you're going as a like like you 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 get a table i guess right you're not going you're not saying you're going as a guest like oh a, no i just want as a guest um so it did, most gotcha. of the time so jordan con i've been to multiple times multiverse have done multiple times i've done momo con before i think well kind of used to attend just as and ted me because i'm a dork um but i'm trying to remember if i've been a guest i think i've been a guest maybe once or twice there so I do participate in panels. Uh, I've been doing them for a pretty pretty good long time. So as as I started to build steam and people got more acquainted with who I was, that was when I was able to kind of get guest status. I would say that was somewhere, and maybe like the 2015s or so is when I started to um, submit myself as a guest. And they could go and look up my work and go, oh, okay, well you've got a decent number of followers and you've got a few acolytes here and there. And so they were, they would allow me to be a guest and a panelist. So I, I do typically the, the local ones here. So you, you just go on panels or you actually have your own uh, booth or. Most of know. the time they let you have a booth. You can purchase one separately. And um, I'd like to do the smaller ones just because one, we are in a pandemic. And then two, just to me, the, the smaller, the con, you don't have those really, really, expensive tables because again like dragon con i'm not kidding is seventeen hundred dollars for one table just wow. like... <laughs> so for these for the smaller ones that you're doing what's the cost of, of a table generally? it's not bad so jordan con is 30 multiverse is 50 momocon is a little higher but that's fine Mo- momocon has really moved up in the world so that one i think now is one of the two the second or third largest in the state so theirs is a little expensive um, but I, I like to do the ones that are a little bit more geared towards writing like Jordan Con and Multiverse or or science fiction fantasy con specifically. So like I said, Momocon I typically won't do, but I might attend if they have somebody I really want to meet. And then if you are um if you do have a table, so what do you do? You just show up, you probably have to get some kind of a I don't know, banner or something, print out some paperback copies to have so that you can sign and sell, I guess, and then is that typically what you're doing or, and you're talking, I guess, if, if somebody comes up and they're a fan and they want to talk to you or whatever, but is that generally the, the purpose of doing the con is, as a, as just a guest with the table or as an author with a table? Yes. So it's a really good opportunity to just network. I've met several really awesome people um, just, just being at cons. And now I've got like this little writer group that there's a couple of different little writer groups that I, I'm into now that from people that I met at cons. And so it's really good because if someone has read your work before and they see you, they're like, oh, cool. But other times they're just curious. A lot of them are there specifically to pick up new series. And so you just get to actually pitch your work. And I think I find that it's a very helpful practice so that you know, if you're out of, out and about in the world and someone does ask you for your book, you know how to pitch it because you've done it before just from con experience. And I think that it's it's really fun because a lot of people do still love having a physical book. 
I, I don't subscribe to that whole thing of like, no, everybody's into ebooks. They want to read on their phone. No, they don't. People like holding it in their hand. It, it's a nice feeling to have a, a physical book and that I'm there to sign it to. I think people really enjoy that. And just like I said, having conversations, meeting people, even if they don't buy a book, it's just fun just to go hang out. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, sorry uh, to interrupt. <laughs> go on <laughs> with your uh, so after so there was cons and mm-hmm. uh, you know Goodreads and so and then your mailing list. What yes. else? And other things that I do, I I think I have I think I have just the one book trailer, but I might work on a second. I hadn't decided yet because I'm still debating about audiobooks. But so book trailers are another really good way to kind of get people's attention and they don't have to be elaborate. They don't have to be skits. They don't have to be expensive. The one that I did um, was actually a typography type of thing. So it was an excerpt from the book. And so the typography is on the screen and it's like really dynamic and you see these cool visuals go, that go along with it. And I really liked how that turned out. So they can be very simple, but it's just an, an extra way um, for the people who are more visual and don't really want to look at a lot of text in your advertising. That's a good way to go. Um, and then let's see. social media is, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess we'll, we'll touch on that. Cause that one's fun to talk about. People don't realize that social media is not really for selling a book. If you just go out and try to sell a book without engagement, it's not, nobody's going to hear you. They're just going to, if you like the, especially the Twitter accounts that are just constantly spouting the book back over and it doesn't do anything. Um, every yeah, once yeah. in a while, you'll you can get to certain threads or certain hashtags that are more productive. But in general, social media is for engaging. So you are meeting and talking to other people about things that you like to do or don't like, or and anything that's of interest to you. And as you attract more people, just based on your personality or or the things that you like to talk about, then you can eventually transition every once in a while and be like, oh. And then you know, yeah. Done. Yeah. no. I, I mean, I completely agree. I've I've uh, talked about this before because the, the most successful authors that I see on social media are doing exactly that. They're talking, especially especially on Facebook. You know, they're talking to their audience. They're you know they're sharing things about their life. Uh, you know, whether or not they're true, I don't know. But but you know, like they're you know they're sharing. They're not just on there and saying, "Hey, I have a new release." It's just you know they're saying, "Hey, you know this happened." And sometimes they're talking about the writing process. You know, oh, I, I wrote another chapter today, or or you know, or they have little things like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a good name for my character. What do you guys suggest? And then maybe they'll you know take one of those suggestions or whatever. But it's all about the engagement, like you said. And then when you go to sell a book. People are invested in you. They want to sort of help you succeed. They want to read your book because they feel like they know you. And, oh, I know this person. I'm going to read their book. You know, it's not just like, oh, you know, I'm getting their their advertisement all the time. So, yeah, I completely agree, especially Facebook, very much so, Twitter as well. I think TikTok is becoming sort of like a with the book talk tag. People are using that to, you know, sell books more than, than um, you know, it's hard to, I guess it's hard to in your 15-second clip share too much about your life and whether people are th- that interested in that right um and to make it engaging and all that stuff but um but in general like those ones for sure instagram too is like you know you gotta have your pictures of your life and you know you share your stories and all that so yeah no i totally agree that a lot of authors you know are doing it wrong but i get why like it's a lot of work it's a lot it of is. investment right and uh not everyone has the time for that and those of us who write sort of 
steamier, racier stuff. There is sometimes we write under a pen name and then it's very difficult to be authentic on social media if you are living behind a pen name. And it's not mm-hmm. you're not necessarily being disingenuous. It's just obviously you don't necessarily want your your mother to read the books about, you know, your reverse horror books or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um and then um so I, I also do I do excerpts. I like to do Typically, I don't do a whole first chapter, but I'll do like the very first scene of a chapter. And I, pers- I post about three of those. And people usually really like to gravitate towards them because it gives you this really extensive excitement as you're waiting for the, the book to, to pop out. And that can be very easy. I just pop it up on a blog and then I'll just tweet or post on Facebook every so often. Hey, I've got this excerpt up uh, if you want to see what's coming down the pipeline, uh, that kind of stuff. But I think that's, and, and then so last, and this is probably because it's the most dense, learning which promotion sites work the best is vital to what we do in self-publishing and, and even in the publishing too, because a lot of the times social media can gather you people, but if you're, if you want to gear it towards readers specifically, that's usually how you get a little bit more traction in terms of book sales and just a following. Um, so there are, <laughs> And like we said before, try not to break the bank. So obviously the big one is BookBub. And they reject 90% of everyone who submits. I've never gotten one. I probably never will. <laughs> That's okay. There are people who've been- uh, we, we never got one either. Oh yeah. There are people who've been trying for literally 15 years and they never got one. And it's just, it's because it's as much of a gatekeeping as- actual traditional publishing it's it's that bad it's like nope we reject like 90 yes you're so right <laughs> so i don't depend on that one i have tried some of the paper clicks on bookbub but i'm still working it out it's kind of it's a little it's a little hard to to learn how to do but i think that just poking my head in every once in a while and learning but so again like i said that's the largest one you've got stuff like bargain booksy and free booksy there's um e-reader news today there's robin reads there's a lot of different ones where the cost varies and so do the requirements so some of them they actually don't require you to have a certain rating or a certain number of reviews some of them do and so you can kind of just go through different ones and see the level of effectiveness and so that's what a lot of this journey is is just testing which of your books work the best in those different types of sites and knowing that Typically, I try not to submit twice in one year because uh, on average, a lot of those places. So what they're doing most of the time, they post on their site and they usually have a very dynamic mailing list. And those mailing lists, they don't change terribly often. Um, they do grow, but they don't really change that much. So that's the reason I try to only submit about once per year, depending on which place it is. Some of them are are robust enough, like they cycle through new people that you can probably do it twice a year or so, but I try to just keep it to maybe once or twice per year. But I find those are a very effective way to get directly to people who their intention is to read, whether it's immediate or it's, you know, some months down the line. But I think that promo sites are probably the the strongest that you could do. Yeah, and a lot of them have requirements on genre and price, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them it has to be discounted to nine nine cents or free. Some of them, mm-hmm. you know, like our ours only takes romance uh, and has to be free at ninety nine cents. You know, others are, you know, they take other genres. Uh, I think Bookbub they have, I think they have levels where you can 
there's like a free one or a 99 mm-hmm. cent one. But I think you can even used to be able to do 2.99. I'm not sure if, or maybe. I don't know, they, but you know, if you go to the sites, they all have their requirements on there. And like you said, every everybody needs to test out which ones work for them because just because one works well for you know your friend who writes the same genre doesn't mean it'll work as well for you. So mm-hmm. you know, you give them a try, track the results, see how it works for you, and then you know, go pick pick the ones that work and stick with those for a while. Yes, absolutely. And and things change very quickly in our industry. Um, I think that's why audiobooks. I think is the only between ebooks and print is the only one that's consistently gone up and has not gone down at this point in terms of sales and things. But the flip side of that is one, it's a much bigger monetary investment. And two, we all know what's going on with ACX right now. Oh, oh goodness. It's a, it's a bit of a mess. So that I think is going to be a very interesting change in this industry because the, a lot of the authors are getting fed up. They're like, look, there's no reason that you're cutting my royal cutting into the royalties as badly and you know asking for exclusivity that kind of stuff so i think it's going to be very interesting seeing who comes to the forefront of audiobooks if acx you know kind of continues on the path that it's going on and they don't show any signs of changing at the moment do they yeah i was gonna say that most they finally and this took geez i'm gonna think maybe two three years uh the return policy they only just uh finally said all right fine we're not going to let people return your book after they've listened to the entire thing <laughs> which again i'm laughing because it's laughable it was like i'm sorry yeah. how does that work like I, I go to a restaurant and eat a cheeseburger and then ask for a refund i ate the cheeseburger yeah. what, what is the yeah. refund <laughs> so it, it, yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be interesting seeing if they decide to adjust, because otherwise, I mean, we've seen industries come and go like Blockbuster and Netflix is already acting like they're about to go down that road. You know, they, they, that's the problem is somebody gets so big that they think they can just change mm-hmm. all the rules and they think everyone will just keep on keeping on with them. And it's like, that's not how it works, right? There's mm-hmm. competitors and there's reasons why you got that big. And then you, all of a sudden you change those reasons you know, people don't have the um, the loyalty. There's no reason for them to be loyal to you, really. It's not like, you know, they've been paying you all this time. It's not like you've been doing something so nice for them. Like you've, you've been giving them a service and now you've stopped giving them the service or you've changed the service and you can't expect that they're just going to be happily go along with it, right? So, Oh, yeah. yeah. There, and there are other options. I think that at the end of the day, they're yeah. forgetting that there are other places that you can market your work and you'll still make that money and they'll give you better royalty rates. So like I said, it'll be interesting if they're going to adjust themselves or if they think that they're too big to fail and they'll find out pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so that's, you've taken us through the launch. So now um, from your experience and you're tracking, obviously all how all these things are, are doing. Um, so what are some of the, you know, so you said that uh, newsletters are probably the best bang for your buck uh, if you find the right ones for you um, and they can be cheap, you know, or they can be expensive like BookBub, but a lot of them are, are on the cheaper end. Um so what are some of the other sort of cost effective ways that are still, you know, going to give you some kind of return for for your marketing dollars? So guest posts and interviews like this one <laughs> are often a really good way to kind of get yourself into, especially since it might be in different, more niche spots, I, I find. So um, lots of places just accept open submissions in general. Other ones, you can kind of reach out to them and say, hey, this is something that I think that would 
perform well on your website? Is there you know room for guest blogs? Those are really excellent because it, it allows you not only to educate depending on what you're talking about, but you also kind of get to show what you're about, your personality, the different things that you get to talk about. And you get to meet some really cool people, um, I think is definitely a, an excellent way. And they're a lot more receptive than let's say like, so one thing that I don't do anymore that I used to do in the beginning was trying to email different reviewers to review my books. And just, <laughs> it's too time consuming and like 80% yeah. of them don't respond. And it's not, and that's not to knock them at all. Obviously they have like a not enormous, you know, piles of books that they have to get through. But that was one I kind of learned of like, okay, I just need to get this many reviews and then I'm just done. I'm, I'm not going to ask for any more because again, it, it's just, you know, you have limited amount of hours. You can only read so many books. So um, that was and one that I, I learned to kind of let that go. What sort of um, sites are you guest posting and, um, you know, and, and doing interviews for? Uh, is it, are they sites where they're primarily targeted at readers so that to grow your audience or are they targeted at authors like this this podcast is more to authors because you know it's about author related topics but um but if your goal is sort of to gain exposure i would think that you'd also want to be getting in front of readers as well but i don't know maybe i'm uh you know maybe you have some insight on that actually so I do both. I try to get some interviews with the ones that are more author centric and then the others that are more reader centric. So I think like it's right now, that's just a, an example, I think, because I think I had a interview with them at some point recently. But there are different and, and there are also people who are really helpful and they put these big old lists together that say, hey, here are places that you can submit if you want to do an interview or if you want to do a guest blog post. So those are super helpful. You can just Google that and then it'll pull up a whole list for you and you can just kind of go one by one and submit to different places. Awesome Gang is another one. I know that they do those a lot. Um, and those are geared towards both. So there are some that are the audience's authors and some the audience's readers. So it, it can be anybody that'll come by and, and take a look at your work. Okay, that's cool. So it's called It's Right Now. I just mm -hmm. uh, as in right as an R. Yeah. I'm sorry, W R I T E. Right. Uh, yeah. So uh, you just basically send them a query about the topic you want to talk about, mm -hmm. and then they just let you know. And then you know, because we we've had people write guest posts for us as well, but again, they're they're the more on the author centric side of it. But it's the same sort of thing where they just you know send me an email and say, hey, you know, I I can write a post about this topic, and you know, generally I. I'm happy to. And then some of them are really cool. They're very like awesome gang is like this. So they just give you a form to fill out and you fill it out yourself and they will post it. Now it doesn't, I'm not sure whatever their timetable is, but they, all of them, they do accept immediately. So um, certain ones, you don't even have to go like through a gauntlet to ask. Some of them are like, oh no, we want all the authors who are active out there to get their voice heard. And so they allow you to just fill it out and then they post it. Okay. All right. That's useful. Okay. So then uh, what else we have? So uh, when you were talking about blog tours, like what do you pay for something like that? And where do you go to set that up? Okay. So it depends on where you want to go um, and what you want to do. So some of them will be a single day. Some of them are cover reveal single day. Some are one week, two week, month long. It is varied all over the place. Um, Express blog tours is one I've used. And then Silver Dagger tours is one I like a lot. Um, hers used to be voluntarily you would pay what you can 
uh, or what you would like to pay. I think at this point she did go ahead and set one, but typically they're under $50 almost every time. If you want a really big one where they, do, I mean, bells and whistles and they're posting everywhere and they do all these social media things and, and that, you can pay more and they have really, really extensive ones. Um, but typically I've done Express and I've done Silver Daggers because I, I think that they're, it's really cool because they also make a lot of promo art for you and you get to use that for the rest. Of, and it's not always blog tour specific. So you can actually use those promo images for the rest of your career, which is super helpful because I have no... <laughs> I have no Photoshop skills at all. <laughs> I let my cover artist do 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 her job because I I certainly don't know how to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and those are cool then- too. I, I was going to mention um, and the blog drawers as well. Depending on which blog, some of them will just post an excerpt, but other ones will actually um, interview you. So you get a little bit more. You get to explain a little bit more about you and what you do, um, depending on which ones. And, and okay, and that and then if you were to, um, you'd mentioned doing uh, like a book trailer, right? Mm-hmm. So are you doing that yourself, or are you paying the, to have that done? I pay to have that done. I use Fiverr. Um, mm-hmm. That I so the the first one that I did back in I think probably around twenty thirteen or so. Um, that one was done through Fiverr. So what we ended up doing it was a two part thing. I found the voice actor first. And I asked her to read the copy. And then after she was finished, I went to the book trailer person and said, hey, I've got this. Um, here's kind of what I would like it to look like. Um, can you assemble that together? And then they sent me a, a preview and it looked really good. And I was like, OK, we're all set. So and then they so they mix it together themselves. Um, so that is how I did it. Some places is all in one where um, you can give them what you want and they do it all themselves. You don't have to put the two together like I did. Um, so but yeah, fiber is usually where I find them. So you don't get the book uh, or the movie trailer guy in a world anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I would love that. I would love that. We need to get the honest trailer guy to do one of my books. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. So like how much would you pay basically for, you know, on average for like a trailer like that? And and what are you doing with it? Where are you putting it? And, and how can you gauge whether it's, uh, you know, effective for you? That one was definitely under 50. Um, I would say on, depending on, it depends on how complex you want your book trailer to be what's involved with it. Um, but on average it's, it's under a hundred dollars typically. Cause again, most people have a short attention span. So you're really trying for either 30 seconds, a minute or a minute 30. You really don't, unless you're going to go like full production, uh, it's not going to last longer than that. Cause you just really want to kind of hit the point and then go home from there. Um, as far as what was your other question? Uh, where, like, what are you doing with it and, and how are you gauging whether or not it's effective? I have one on my landing page for my homepage. So as soon as you click on it, it's got the book trailer right there. You can just do that. Um, it's good. It's another one that's really good for Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, because like I said, on average, people are just scrolling and they'll see something that's nice and short. I think mine is, I don't think mine's even a minute. I'm pretty sure mine is under a minute. And so that's really good for just occasional reminders of, hey, I've got this out here if you want to you know, check out the book. So it's very good for social media in particular. I don't know about, I wouldn't do book trailer heavily on Facebook unless you're someone who posts videos a lot. I noticed that <laughs> the people in my Facebook hate it when I post videos. They never like anything. They're, they're very photo or text-based. So that I just don't do on Facebook, but typically on the shorter formats, it works really well for those. Right. And so that's not really to drive sales necessarily it's more as a 
you know, some something to put on your website to give that visual sort of pop. Um, yeah, it's like there's extra, no real way. To, yeah, yeah right. that's right. Um, and then for uh, when you do the, so you mentioned like with the Goodreads thing, you know, that was a hundred and you know, 50 bucks or whatever uh, to, to run that sort of giveaway. Plus the costs of, you know, the books that you're giving away, especially, you know, obviously if it's paperback, mailing it out, all that stuff. Um, and then when you go to um, the like you said, you don't do them that much, but the, you know, the, the sign or, you know, the book launches that you would go to in person or whatever. Uh, how are you doing those? Are you approaching a bookstore and saying, Hey, can I come and, you know, just uh, do a signing or something? Or how, how do you, uh, how do you do that? And do you have to pay for that or? So I'll use my colleague as an example. My colleague is Dr. Glenn Paris. He just published uh, Dragon's Air, uh, I think spring of last year. And so he decided to do an in-person launch party. So what we ended up doing is there is a place in this uh, city called Stone Mountain. And it's a uh, it's called, I think, the Vibrary. And it's called the Vibrary because it is a library that serves wine. So Vibrary. And so my kind of that sounds like my place. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, it was lovely. I, was like, oh, <laughs> I don't, I don't think idea. we have one around here, but maybe I should start one. <laughs> right. It's such a good idea. And so um, he approached her and said, hey, I'd like to do a launch event. And so we ended up paying a fee. I don't think it was it wasn't bad. I think it was like one hundred and thirty. Uh, and so what she did is she kind of closed the lot, li- not closed it down, but the event was held there. It was a private event. And so they had. Um, catering so just some nice little finger foods fruits and cheeses and a little charcuterie board and things like that and obviously they people could purchase wine and it was the venue was probably big enough for about 40 people so we we kept it nice and small it was very intimate um and so what we did is like a very loose program so people could come in they were hanging out and talking and then you know just kind of eating finger food and stuff and so he did an interview while he was there and then he did a reading after that point. And so I think that is a really good way to kind of, especially if you're not like a, a very known author to kind of get your foot in the door, because obviously it could be people just walking by and they could come in and, and take a look. And then they had her patrons who were regulars and then he had his friends and then he had some other people that he invited as well. And so, like I said, it really doesn't have to be this huge production and it really doesn't need to be like a Barnes and Noble or, or anything like that, because obviously they can only bring in people that are really, really going to sell books. So they're really looking at your New York Times bestsellers type folks. So I think that's a really good way to do it, to just kind of keep it nice and intimate. So if people want to ask you questions, if they want you to sign their book, if they want to just, you know, mingle and hang out with other people, I think that's a really good way to go. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and the so the virtual ones are, I guess, similar but over i don't know where how do you do the virtual ones you do them on zoom or something (laughs) oh no so i was gonna say i i like to set up a facebook uh event page right and so on that event page what happens the day of is i would do trivia questions where i would give away prizes i would do like a little short reading of an insert from the book And then a lot of it is really just people congregating, asking you questions if they have any, or you're just interacting with the people there. And I kept it very short. It was like a Saturday for 30 minutes, you know. So how are you doing a reading on Facebook though? So I did, I think I just went live on Facebook. 
Oh, like a live video. Mm -hmm. So I would just do okay. live on Facebook. And uh, like I said, my reading was under 10 minutes. So it was probably about five or so. So I just hopped on. I did the, I thanked everybody for coming. I uh, gave a little background about the book, a little bit of trivia. And then I did the reading and then I um, ended that. And then we just kind of went into the trivia questions where people could win different prizes. That's pretty good. And then how does that get um, publicized? Is that up to you or is that? And that's why I like to use the event. So the event is very easily to sh uh, easily shareable. So when you create that event page, you can now just share it either to individual people in your messenger. You can share it to your personal page. You can share it to your professional page. And then you can share it externally. Um, the other thing is, if you want to, you can also do an Eventbrite. Eventbrite is totally free. It doesn't have to be an in-person. It can be virtual. And you can set that up. And same thing, the link will go out anywhere you send it. It's nice and easy for a person to just like market that they want to go. Um, and I found that that was pretty, they, they enjoyed it um, pretty well. It was just, it's just very simple. Now you can do really elaborate ones where you have guests who come in and they talk about different things, but I just wanted to keep it kind of small because it's just, I'm an introvert. So, <laughs> Yeah. And, and I mean, so that's, a, that's a, one of the cost effective because it's free mm -hmm. uh, other than the, the idea of if you're doing a giveaway or something, then um, well, if it's an ebook, then it's a soft cost anyways. But if it's, if you're giving away paperbacks or something, then, you know, there's a bit of a cost there, right? Just mm -hmm. getting the copies, sending them out. Um, but yeah, in terms of cost effective, it's not much better than free. Oh yeah. And it, it can be very effective. You can end up drawing a lot of people. And like I said, I, I like to do, I try to get word out about 90 days out from any release. And so it gives you plenty of time to, to build it up and remind people that it's there. And then you just try and pick a time where, you know, people will be free. Right. And hopefully they're sharing it out and stuff too. Right? Mm -hmm. I think what's so valuable about this, I mean, at the end of the day, you pay for promoting your books one way or another. You either pay cash to advertise it or you pay in time and effort. But yes. the thing is when you're just starting out, time and effort is, is something you have that you might not have cash. And also, you know, there are, if you can do it right, you can be very, very effective. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I, I very much agree with that. Like I, it, when I was at, uh, I did the indie forum with book life um, a couple of days ago. And that was one of the first things of trying to get new people to understand. It was like, look, if you're going to self-publish, all of this is on you. It, it's not getting disseminated to someone else. So uh, it, it is a definite investment of time and money. But again, people need to know about the time element. It, all, if you want to be any measure of success in this, you, you've got to put in the time. It, it can get a little bit, you know, tedious and <laughs> such. But if you put it in the right areas, you can certainly find levels of success. Absolutely. You get in what you, or you, t you take away what you put in. Right. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it, it, like we were saying at the beginning, like it, it it's changed. It, it used to be that you could just publish, but now, uh, you know, I, I, I attended a, um, a zoom, uh, conference yesterday. Uh, it was like a, one of Mark Dawson's classes. And, uh, at the beginning he was saying something about, um, how, basically you cannot uh, have an effective book launch anymore without doing promotion. Like mm -hmm. you have to do promotion. There's too many books out there. You will not get seen if you do not promote it. And, you know, so you, whether you're spending the money to do it or you're finding these more cost-effective and, and creative ways to do it, uh, you know, either way, you still have to get the word out there that you exist. And otherwise you're just lost in the millions of books that are published every day. 
Absolutely. I was thinking of another thing is, um, so a smaller thing to do, but it's more engagement, not so much as uh, the sales side of things. People like to do writing sprints or they like to do little tiny meetups where they do certain, uh, well, again, writing sprint is probably the best word I can think of. And so they'll all participate and say, hey, we're all going to write 500 words for the next hour. And then they all just, you know, and they're tweeting as they're going. And then they all share it with each other at the end. That's another, again, completely free thing that you can do. Also, it's great for meeting people and just kind of, you know, talking about the craft. Yeah, that would be interesting. You know, that's the way you keep saying, isn't it? Mm. (laughs) yes especially as an author right you're always you're you're alone so sometimes it's helpful to sort of have that community where you can sort of like write with them it's almost like your coworkers in your separate cubicles but you're in your separate houses and you're sort of but all working on your own little piece but you can sort of still converse and and have that social aspect yeah you want to be left the hell alone except in company yes So unfortunately, we're, we're running out of time. Uh, this has been such a fascinating discussion. But I think for me, I hopefully people are listening to this and really digging it because a lot of the stuff that that you're talking about, about, you know, low, the low hanging fruit, the stuff that you don't have to necessarily make a huge financial uh, in, um, investment in, you do have to make time and thought and effort investing in it. But if you get the, the ability to do that and you learn what resonates with people and what gets a response, and then you pair that with advertising, it makes it work. Whereas I think so many authors are like, oh, if I just throw money at advertising, it's going to work. And then they lose money and they're disappointed and they don't understand. And it's because the stuff that you're doing builds the the framework. It's like you, you can spend all the money you want publicizing something, but if people don't want it, they're never going to buy it. Whereas if you can find out what it is that makes people want it and then advertise it, it's it's the, the recipe for success. Absolutely. One thing I always tell people is never say that my book's for everybody. No, it's not. There's not a book on this planet that is for every last person on the planet. No, you find your people and you advertise and you go hang out with them. You don't need what books for everybody. No, it's not. No, it's not. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, um, where can people find your books? Speaking of. So I am published in pretty much all platforms, but um, the centralized I have my own website is she who writes monsters.com. All of my books are there. Um, The black, Panther Tales of Wakanda anthology is there as well. So if you're interested in that, like I said, my story is Ukubamba and that's about Okoye rescuing a young girl who was kidnapped. So all of my stuff is there and it's available. Actually, both the the different series, the two one, The Black Parade and of Cinder and Bone, the first book in both is permanently free uh, as an ebook. So you can go and download it with no risk. That's amazing. Okoye is my favorite character in Black Panther. (laughs) So um, that is wonderful. So much, Johnny. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, you know, I just want to thank you for coming on and and talk to us about this. And uh, you know, it's really a super important point that you know so many authors really have to, when they're starting out, need to get their head around. Is you know, you're a self-published author. Nobody's going to do this stuff for you. You have to do it. <laughs> and so, you know, if you don't have the money, you're going to have to find the time. Uh, but you know, if you, if you do it right, if you, if you, you know, keep track of what works and what doesn't, it gets over easier over time. And, and you like you said, you find your audience, you discover where it is that you need to market and spend your, your time and your money and focus. And, you know, uh, each book will get successively easier. So, you know, thanks for coming on and, and sharing it all with us. Cause, uh, it's really, really helpful information. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. 
Well, if you appreciated what was spoken about today, make sure you leave a comment down below and let us know about it. While you're there, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. I think there's a little bell so you can get notifications. And we will, of course, drop a link down below so you can uh, you can find all the books that we've been talking about right now. Thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, and do join us again next week when we come back with another episode of Fully Booked. Until then, cheerio.